my greatest spiritual teacher. No, not Eckhart Tolle, not Wayne Dyer, not Abraham Hicks. You will never guess. Hello, welcome to this episode of Heart Travels with Bauke. Yes, my greatest spiritual teacher. Well, this is a one-year-old boy. <laughs> uh, this is my neighborhood kid. He, or you know, he's a little boy. I think he's like one and a half years old. He's called Louis, and he calls himself Lulu. <laughs> it's such a great kid. And why? Why is this my greatest spiritual teacher? Um, uh, well, this episode is all about what he is showing me uh, on my spiritual path. Okay, hey, welcome and uh, thank you for listening. Thank you for uh, you know taking the time and the, and the effort to uh, to listen to this podcast. Uh, I'm grateful for you listening. Um, this podcast is, uh, you know, especially for the uh, super em- empaths, the super sensitives uh, who are on the spiritual path. Um, and, uh, well, you know, if you're one of them, thank you. Thank you for being here. Thank you for listening. Um, okay, this Lulu, uh, it, it's kind of funny, you know, how... We in society, you know, the adults, uh, we think, you know, uh, children are, uh, they don't know, you know, all the stuff they need to know. And uh, they are, um, you know, we have we have to teach them how to behave in life or how to mm, be a, how to be an adult or how to, you know act in a way that, you know, nobody is going to reject them or, uh, you know, how to be a good human being. I actually think I I came to the conclusion that uh, small children, they know exactly, they know way better uh, than us adults how to be a human being, how to be happy, how to be in this flow of existence and uh well lulu you know he's i mean he's such a funny funny little boy uh he's in the moment present all the time uh because if you i mean i i i, I kind of heard it from uh, from a buddhist i think uh this notion of let me start somewhere else um you know you know how on this spiritual path you you get to know that there's moments of resistance and moments of flow um moments of flow are moments or hours or days where everything goes perfectly on its own you know you're you're in the moment you're being in the moment you're not thinking too much and you're 
aware of what's happening and what's going on. And I mean, th- these moments or, or, you know, times of flow uh, to me were, for instance, you know, the reason that I wanted to do gigs as a drummer. Because the gigs that I had where I accomplished, uh, or I didn't know if I accomplished it, but if I stepped into this moment, into this feeling of flow, they were magic, you know. Then, then everything fell into place automatically. I didn't have to think about anything. It just, you know, it came out of my being what to play or how to react or... And, you know, it was like magic because when that happened uh, and, you know, the the rest of the band also came into this feeling of flow and, you know, we could take the audience in this feeling of flow, then it was like, well, a group orgasm almost, you know, it was like magic. And um, the thing is that this little Lulu... He's, you know, I think almost every moment he's in this feeling of flow, in this spontaneous expression of what's going on inside of him. He he still doesn't have an ego, um, you know, and and uh, what what this Buddhist uh, kind of taught me was, you know, we're actually here to be free of resistance because you know somewhere along the line somewhere along the way of growing up you develop an ego and uh you know that usually happens uh, between the ages of one and one and a half years old when this spontaneous expression of emotions and you know wants um is kind of rejected by the parents. And, you know, if you can have really, really loving parents and, you know, th- this is still what they're going to do. Um, and, it, you know, having this rejection for the first time, I mean, it's really, really painful when you become, as a child, when you become aware of it. Um but then you know it goes away again. Reject this rejection, and then you you know go on with this spontaneous expression of who you are. Um, but then, of course, you know when you grow up, you get rejection after rejection after <laughs> rejection, <laughs> and you might not even be aware of it as a kid, uh, because you know that's the other thing about this natural state of being that children are born into is that they are not aware of themselves. They have no self-awareness. So, you know, there is uh, an upside to, you know, getting an ego, which is, you know, having self-awareness. Um, and and this, this Buddhist, uh, he, was, he was using a metaphor that I really like. You know, he says, well, you know, can you imagine... As a human being, uh, being uh, a pipe, uh, having a, a, a pipe uh, like you know you have a, uh, when you look in the cupboard, uh, uh, which is below your sink, you see a pipe there, and this pipe, 
actually is to flow source energy through that to because you know we're all part of source we we are all connected to source uh, and we can resist that connection or not now uh, what i see with this lulu little boy is that his pipe is totally open he's not resisting anything you know whenever he is uh angry he screams uh, whenever he's scared he he ducks away you know behind his mom whenever he's happy he's singing a song or you know screaming with joy and there's this full expression or this spontaneous expression uh is kind of what we are taught by the adults around us to not do anymore because you know can you imagine walking in the park and just screaming with joy and and making flips and and just running around as an adult uh because then we you know if you would do that you would co- you become aware of other people looking at you like you're crazy you know like there's something wrong with you like you know you should be in a mental institution <laughs> which is kind of weird because this is the expression of who you really are. So, you know, we kind of develop by this, you know, rejection of this spontaneous expression. We develop uh, like a negative belief. Uh, and... Uh, for instance, you know, I I have my ego has the negative belief that I'm weak, and you know I know kind of theoretically that this belief is not true. Uh, but you know, my subconscious or my ego is thinking that it is true. Now, you know, why why did I start believing this negative belief? Why? You know, for instance, you know, for me, uh, I'm high sensitive and expressing emotions in my family was just, you know, especially for my mom. My mom would get very, very restless and scared and, you know, she had a personality disorder, which, you know, for her, it was just so uneasy and so... I think it actually for her felt like an attack on her motherhood for me to express emotions. So, you know, this expression of emotions, I I just from an early age on, I learned I should not be doing that. And my, you know, my high sensitiveness... I I kind of translated that as weakness. Uh, you know, I grew up in a little uh, Catholic town full of farmers in the north of Holland, and they're just, you know, emotions. That's just, you know, <laughs> being a pussy. A pussy has emotions. <laughs> 
So, you know, me not being able to deal or to express my emotions because I, I became aware that that was just not done. I, I couldn't do that. And I was, you know, kind of sensing that whenever I did have emotions, that was just weakness. Plus, you know, I tried to help my mom with her emotions, which, you know, were going every direction. She did not have any control or, you know, was not aware that that she could. She had a personality disorder. So uh, me not being able to make her happy or to help her to find some emotional stability or... You know, I mean, my dad left when I was 10. And I remember thinking I just should have, I should have been a better daughter. I should have been, you know, a funnier or better girl. I should not have had all these, I shouldn't have been myself. I should have been somebody else because then he would have stayed. Now, you know, these are all related to... Um, my negative belief of, you know, I'm weak. It's actually funny because, uh, you know, uh, just uh, since a week or so, uh, I have this old uh, injury on my left knee. And since a week or so, it's really, really troubling me. And uh, I I kind of got it when I was like in my late 20s. I was a drummer and at the end of a tour in Switzerland... I was stepping onto a stage, uh, which was kind of high, but, you know, of course, me believing that I'm weak, I have to prove that I'm strong and badass, (laughs) because that's what my ego was thinking uh, back then, and kind of still is. Um, You know, stepping on this stage was, was kind of really way too high to do it with one step, but I was doing it with my left Um leg and in the moment I did it I felt oh you know this is not good <laughs> and of course being a badass I just played my drums that night and uh, I came home after the tour it was really hurtful but you know being a badass or thinking I have to be a badass I didn't go to a doctor I just thought you know because this is also mm, back then I considered it as weakness to go to a doctor when, you know, I was just thinking, it, you know, this will just go by itself. I'm, I have a strong body, it, you know, it should be able to heal itself, so, you know, what the fuck, <laughs> I'm not going to go to a doctor. But then, you know, a few months later, I still had some pain, but not too bad. And uh, a few months later, I was just walking somewhere, and in the middle of my walk, you know, my knee suddenly just kind of crashed or um, later on I I found out that that you know a little piece of my meniscus had gone into my knee and you know it just had to stop because it couldn't move anymore so you know I, I had an operation and blah 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 and you know it's always been a kind of a weak spot this left knee now ever since last week you know it's kind of troubling me and you know, I actually just had an x-ray made to see what's going on with this knee. But I was t- I was telling this to a good friend of mine, you know, uh, 
I was supposed to go and, you know, have dinner at his house. But he, you know, I have to go up three flights of stairs to go to his house. And, and so I was saying, you know, maybe you can come over to my place so, you know, I can make, uh, we can eat together here because my knee is troubling me. And he said, what? I always thought you're such a badass and, you know, nothing is troubling you. And uh, uh, what, you have some injury that's been bothering you for all these years? And and I, I, I just had the idea, nothing is ever bothering you. Well, you know, this is what my ego is projecting to the outside world. I'm a badass. <laughs> So I thought it was really funny and becoming aware of this negative belief that I have of, you know, being weak, plus becoming aware of the image that I'm projecting to the outside of being a badass, being strong, you know, nothing's wrong with me, uh, is kind of funny. I thought it was funny, at least, you know, that's where I'm at right now, to become aware of thoughts and behavior that I have of, you know, projecting something that I'm not. Or, you know, maybe I am really strong, but who says having emotions and uh, expressing them is weakness? I mean, this is, when I think about it, this is just a load of crap. But hey, you know, my my ego is believing in this. So, I mean, actually, my own spiritual healer, I was talking to her about, you know, feeling weak. And she said, Baukje, you, with the childhood you've had, you are so strong. And I was asking her, because she was saying all the time, Bauke, you're so powerful. And I was like, well, you know, I don't feel powerful. And she said, well, you know, you being being able to <coughs> keep your psyche together with all, you know, all the trauma and all the dysfunctionalities in your childhood, you must be really strong, you being high sensitive and you being on this mission of healing. But, you know, you, your parents were beyond healing. They, they, you know, it was just not, you were not able to do that. So, yeah, you know, I made that translation, but that's all it is. It's just a translation that I made. I made a mistake in my translation. Now, going back to Lulu, he's, you know, he's at the age where he is not yet making these type of translations. He is fully expressing Every, you know, he's in this spontaneous expression of whatever he's feeling or whatever he's doing and uh, whatever his emotions are, whatever he wants to do. He's all the time thinking, what's the next fun thing that I can do? What feels best to me? 
And yes, you know, as an adult, I can think, well, you know, he doesn't have any work. He doesn't have any, uh, he doesn't have to take care of, you know, bring food on the table or paying the rent or blah, 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 blah. Yeah, I know. But, you know, I've actually become aware that the way, for instance, that I think about my finances, uh, because I used to really, you know, worry about my finances. Am I going to make enough money to pay my rent, to, to do the things I want to do? And then, you know, becoming aware of these thoughts, of these worrisome thoughts and just letting them go. Because at a certain po point, I, I kind of came to the awareness that whether I was worrying or not, it was still, you know, the same. So then I thought, why worry if it doesn't matter if I worry? If it doesn't matter, you know, that why not let go of the worries because the reality is still going to stay the same. And actually what happened was that my financial reality was improving when I let go of the worries. Because, you know, my ego was worried all the time. What if, what if, what if? And so, you know, this was really... Right now, I'm not worried about finances, and everything's working out fine. Even in this in these times of Corona, even because you know, at the moment, I don't even have a functional website. I think for the past six weeks or something, I'm working on a new website, and I've taken the old website offline. Now, you know, you might think, well, you know, that's maybe a really crazy thing to do but uh, that's just the way it felt to me as the best way to do it and so I ha I didn't have a functional website for six weeks and, and I still have people coming to me you know that that want my coaching or that want my you know that uh, that are looking for spiritual healing so I don't know you know <laughs> it's a really funny thing to to be aware that your your ego is thinking certain things that are not true. I have another another funny you know way of uh, 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 that I started practicing awareness. Now you know it's maybe a little intimate to tell this, but I have kind of a weak bladder. And I have a dog, you know, so I noticed that whenever I walked my dog and I came close to my house, my bladder was starting to scream at me, I have to go pee, you have to hurry up, go back home. So, you know, that's what I did for a while. And then after a while, I thought, what happens if I practice awareness whenever my bladder starts screaming at me. Whenever I get this feeling in my bladder that I really have to go now, what happens if I just, if I am just aware of this? If I'm just aware of this physical feeling, if I'm just present in my body, 
And the funny thing is, my bladder stopped screaming. Isn't that crazy? I was just like, wow, you know? All the time, all these years, I thought, you know, there's something, I have a weak bladder. And just being present in the moment of my body, being aware of my body, just not being a, not trying to control it, not trying to think about it, just being aware. It changed it around. I was just like, what? I mean, this is, to me, actually, you know, this is, it sounds maybe funny or weird or such a small thing to, for me to teach me, but it kind of taught me that if I'm aware in the moment, I can let go of the illusion that my bladder in the moment is trying to tell me. Because this is, I thought, of course, after a while, I thought, well, you know, this is a pattern. I have a pattern that whenever I come home, I'm near to my house, this is happening to my body. This is just an automatic reaction, a subconscious. There must be subconscious thoughts that, you know, are are telling me, okay, now it's time for your bladder to stop, to start screaming. <laughs> so, um, you know, this, I, I just thought it was really, really funny to become aware of how that works through my bladder. Now, you know, may, maybe you know this about me or not, you know, but I've, I've struggled with some addictions and, I was thinking about it the other day, how actually, you know, this bladder reaction, this physical reaction and the subconscious thoughts that might, that must, you know, uh, come before this physical reaction that my bladder was giving. It's kind of a subconscious addiction to this, you know, the, these type of thoughts. So I think kind of, I p became aware of certain thoughts that I have that are kind of addicted, addict, how do you say this? <laughs> uh, you know, that I'm, I'm, I'm addicted to because I just, you know, they, they are running rampant in my ego I mean the the all the thoughts that have to do with I am weak and I shouldn't be showing my weaknesses to other people you can call that an addiction and because you know I just keep thinking those thoughts uh and I I think in a way after this ego is born we kind of become addicted to certain thought patterns. Even, you know, the thought of, I am a very spiritual person. It's, you know, it can become the new addiction. Because <laughs> it's an ego thought to think, 
I'm a very spiritual person. Because think about it. If, you know, I could monitor uh, my own thoughts and I'm on my bicycle in Amsterdam and there's a car cutting me off, then, yes, you know, I might have this thought of, Jesus, you motherfucker, (laughs) asshole. This is not very spiritual. So this is like a definition that my ego is kind of, you know, saying that I am. I'm a very good person. I'm a very good spiritual person. But this is just another ego definition, another addictive thought, because I'm not very spiritual 24-7. And, you know, actually, my ego is trying to give this definition to who I am so that I'm, I d- will not become aware of judgmental thoughts that I might have or not-so-spiritual thoughts. So, you know, this is, this is kind of what this Lulu, and thinking about Lulu is really free. <laughs> I mean, whenever I do think about him, I just get so happy. It, I, he actually helps me. This is why I call him my greatest spiritual teacher. He helps me to reach for this open pipeline and to become aware of whenever I'm not this open pipeline, whenever I'm not spontaneously expressing my emotions, (laughs) you know, which, you know, maybe my resistance, there's nothing wrong with having resistance. Maybe I can just look at it and just be aware of it. Because the same as, as you know, I've done with my bladder. Just being aware of it makes it melt away. And not, you know, judging it or not trying to change it or not trying to control it or none of these things. This is, I mean, this is what little Lulu is teaching me. And, you know, so how to practice this? How, how to practice this awareness? Well, you know, there's, uh, I, of course, you know, spiritual people talk about meditation. And it's not the only way to practice this. But, you know, of course, it's a very helpful tool to practice this. But, you know, so so I see there's two ways of meditation. There's the way of kind of, you know, making all this chatter, all these thoughts kind of quiet down. Uh, I, I uh, heard a, a, a guy... Uh, call uh, the the thoughts you have springhane. Uh, mm, what is the word for springhane? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> you know these uh, hoppers, these uh, insects, and they hop around all the time. They are very strong, and they be- they can become a plague. I don't know what they're called. 
but uh, if you have like a whole bowl full of them, and every time there's a, a you know something coming from the outside, one of these hoppers is going to start hopping. Uh, and so, you know, if your thoughts are like this, you're not going to be able to control. I mean, people trying to control their thoughts. I used to think this, I, I was able to control my thoughts. Mm, I don't think you are, actually, <laughs> uh, anymore anyway. So, you know, the, uh, there's this way of meditation that mm, you focus on your breath or you focus on a sound or, you know, something like that. And then it quiets down this bowl of hoppers that is your thoughts which can be, you know, really, really helpful. And I would say, you know, in the first mm, period of time of, you know, of, of sp spiritual awakening, it's, it's really helpful to quiet down or to know, uh, you know, to, or to become aware of this flow, etc. Um, it's a really helpful way of meditation. Now, you know, the second way of meditation is just, sitting somewhere and becoming aware of whatever is going on in your body or in your thoughts and just letting it be just being aware staying aware um, even if you know there's judgments coming up of you know my mind is not quieting down what the fuck <laughs> being aware of the these judgments and just having this awareness um it actually helps, you know, practicing this awareness to quiet down your thoughts. <laughs> uh, so, you know, uh, this, these type of meditations, they, of course, help to become aware. And I think, you know, the, the first type of meditation of focus uh helps to become aware of when am i in my thoughts when am i focused on my thoughts and when am i not focused on my thoughts and you know the second way of meditation is you know it's kind of more difficult so you know always on with clients that are just starting on the spiritual path i tell them start with this first way of meditation you know to just learn or experience whenever you are in your thoughts and whenever you're not. So, you know, practicing meditation, of course, is a very helpful tool. But then again, you know, I, I was just, uh, you know, in this office to have an x-ray done. And uh, there were two other guys sitting there and they were on their phones. Uh, and I was practicing awareness. I was practicing how does it feel to sit here? What am I aware of? Can I just practice neutral awareness of just being here? So, you know, this is also something you might consider of during the day practicing being aware. You know, what's it like to eat your food? And, you know, not have this addiction to facebook cell phones online you know just not being aware in the moment 
So, you know, this is also what Lulu is teaching me because he's aware in the moment, you know. He's there present all the time. So it can be done. I mean, if he can do it, why can't I? So, you know, this, um, this is what I wanted to share with you uh, about my most important, my greatest spiritual teacher, dear, lovely, funny Lulu. <laughs> okay, I hope uh, you enjoyed this episode of Heart Travels with Baukje. Um I would. Uh, I hope you uh, you got some inspiration, maybe some thoughts, some some new ways of thinking at the, uh, of things, uh, maybe new ways of looking at children. Because you know, if you see children, especially the really young ones, mm, connecting, and I'm not saying touching them or or or, but just looking at them looking at the way they perceive life they perceive or the way they express spontaneous everything that comes up within them uh, it kind of mm, helps you to experience that even more to start understanding that type of experience that type of flow that type of open pipeline to whatever comes up Okay, so, you know, look at your neighborhood children, uh, just looking at them, or, you know, you know what I mean. So, I uh, hope you I've inspired you, or, you know, you got something out of this, um, and, uh, you know, thanks for listening again, and uh, until next time, bye-bye. <laughs>